Amen. If you have never given your heart to our Lord and Savior, today may be the day to do that. Let's open our Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 28. We've been looking over the past couple of weeks after Easter, some things that happened post-resurrection. Because I think sometimes we get all wrapped up in Easter, and that's great. I love getting wrapped up in Easter. We should get wrapped up in Easter because uh, what separates Christianity from any religion is the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. However, there is some important things that happen post-resurrection, and if we overlook those things, we're going to overlook the purpose of the church of Jesus Christ. Today I want to take a look at the mandate of Jesus to all <clears throat> disciples, not just the 11 that was present uh, uh, on this day we're going to look at today, but for you and I today. Now this passage that we're studying today is one of the most famous passages in the Bible. It's known as the Great Commission. Here in Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20, it provides the narrative of the last recorded encounter of Jesus with his disciples post resurrection. Now we saw last week that the disciples were uh, commanded by Jesus or they were directed by Jesus to uh, return to Galilee where Jesus would meet up with them on the mountain and wait for them uh, there. They, he, they was instructed to wait for them there so he would give them instruction. But if you'll remember, they decided to go on a fishing trip, okay? Galilee was where it all began and Galilee would mark the new beginning. At the place that Jesus started his ministry, this was going to be the place now that he extended that ministry. Now, this moment with Jesus would be a very important time for him and his disciples. They had given up everything for three and a half years. In fact, Peter even made the statement to Jesus once, haven't we given up all to follow you? So they had given up everything for the last three and a half years after making that decision to follow Jesus, and now they would discover what would be next. Where do we go from here? Now here in this final personal meeting with his followers, Jesus instructs them to do uh, what needs to be done after he ascends back to the, follow, uh, to the Father. And it's important to note that this command was not just for the eleven. This command was for followers of all time. If you're here today and you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the command, the commission that we're going to look at here this morning is for you, okay? If you know Christ as your personal Savior, this is for you. Verse 16, Matthew chapter 28, reads like this. And the eleven disciples traveled to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. Now, this time they went on to the mountain. They didn't go on a fishing trip. They learned uh, from that fishing trip. Verse 17, when they saw him, they worshipped him. Now, don't miss this. This is probably the fourth or fifth time that they had seen him post-resurrection. Okay? But some doubted. Don't miss that. Some of them worshipped him. But some still doubted. Now, don't forget, he had done met in the upper room with them where he told Thomas, go ahead and stick your hand or your finger in these holes. Go ahead and thrust your fist in my side. Now they're gathered together again. Some fell down and worshipped him when he showed up, but some still doubted. 
I wonder, do we have any doubters in our churches today? I wonder if we have those within our churches today that think, well, this is just the religious thing to do on Sundays. Uh, you know, I wonder if we have some doubters in our congregation here this morning. That you're not here to truly worship the Lord. You're here because it's Mother's Day. You're here because it's Sunday and this is where you know, a good person should be on a Sunday. But what we see is when Jesus showed up, some worshipped him, but some doubted. Now look at verse 18. And Jesus came near and said to them, All authority have been, has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore. Now the word therefore means because of. In other words, because what he said there before that, all authority has been given to me, and I'm passing that authority on to you, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And remember this, he said, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Now, here at the very close of Matthew's gospel, we see not just a command, but we see a commissioning also. And I think that distinction is very important for us to understand before we even get started in this lesson this morning. If we're ever to fulfill the Great Commission, we have to know the difference in what we see here, the command and the commission. So let's start by looking here as we take a look at this passage and examine these two different words. The first word we see is commissioning. Now the word to commission simply means you're giving the authority, you're granting the authority to a person or to an organization to act as an agent for another. In other words, when Jesus commissioned you, when Jesus commissioned me, when Jesus commissioned the church, what he did is he transferred his authority over to you and I to do some things. He's transferred it to us personally. He's transferred it to us as a church to do some things. So the word commission simply means this. And what did he say? All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Look, here we see the commissioning and how it functions a little different than the command. You see, when you're commissioned, you're not merely commanded, but you're also equipped, you're empowered, and you're given the necessary authority to accomplish the duty that is given to you by the one who is commissioning you. You take a police officer or a military uh, leader. You know, what, what, during their, their service there, during their, uh, you know, the, the time that they're serving, they're given many commands over the course of their career. But before these commands are given, they are commissioned. That's why you see, you know, police officers have a commission. That's why you see officers in the military, they have been commissioned. It means this exact same thing here. You know, it, it's given because they're given the necessary authority to accomplish the mission that they're given. For those who was in the Navy or the Coast Guard, you know what a commissioning of ship is. Before that ship is, you know, goes out to duty, they, they put it off in the water and they commission that ship. In other words, they give that ship the authority to carry out the mission that it is given. Folks, that's the way it is with God's people. Once we're saved, we are given a commission. We are given the authority to go in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Now, Jesus commissioned his disciples, we see here, with the mission once entrusted to himself to go into all the world and to share the good news of what God has done and is still doing. Not only that, but Jesus commissioned his disciples to invite those to hear and to receive the good news and become followers along with him and... Jesus commissioned his disciples to baptize those followers and commissioned uh, them into the work of making God's kingdom manifest in the world by sharing the story of God's great love for mankind. Folks, that is what you as a child of God has been commissioned to do. These things that you see up there. You have been commissioned. Folks, that is a great honor. Stop and think about that. If you are saved, Jesus has looked at you and he says, I'm giving you the authority to go in my name. He's told the church, I'm giving you the authority to go in my name. And when you go in my name, do what I have done here on the earth. You know, share the good news, share the gospel, make disciples, baptize people, bring people into the kingdom. Folks, that's what a disciple of Jesus Christ is all about. Bringing others to him. That's why this scene is called the Great Commission. As the disciples are now entrusted with Jesus' own work and they're equipped and they're empowered and they're given the necessary authority to accomplish what Jesus is sending them out to do. Look, Jesus is letting us know he's not merely a man. Jesus is letting us know he's not merely a miracle worker. He's not merely a good teacher. He's not merely a Messiah. Jesus is letting us know that he is the Son of God. Therefore, as Lord of all, he has the authority to pass it on to you and me. And again, I want you to stop and let that sink in. As a child of God, he, Jesus has looked at you and he said, I'm giving you all authority that I have. I'm giving you the authority to go in my name and make disciples. Folks, what an honor and what a privilege that is. Now, what's the difference in that and a command? What's a command? A command is an order or instruction given by someone in authority. That's what a command is. You see, and what is the command? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. So that's the command. Now, after the command, you know, he commissions you, okay? Now, look at this. The Greek sentence here actually contains only one central imperative, only one central command, and that command is not to go. That command is to make disciples. That's what the command is in the original Greek. Make disciples. So Jesus is saying, I am commissioning you. I am giving you the authority to share my word, to share my gospel, to share with others and make disciples out of them. Again, folks, think about the honor that is, that he has given you and entrusted you with. Look, when someone with authority over you commands you to do something, once that command is given, now it's all on you. And what I'm saying there is Jesus done gave you the command. Again, this wasn't just for the 11. This was for you and I here today. The command has been given. You know what? Now it's all on me. What am I going to do with the command? Now we have a number of uh, people here who was in the military. 
And you know that if you was given a command and you did not do that command, it didn't go well for you, did it? You was going to have to suffer some consequences. You was going to have to pay the price if you did not follow that command. Can I suggest to you this morning that when we do not follow the command, our leader has given us. We're going to pay a price. We're going to pay a price. That price may be paid while we're here on this earth. That price may be paid once we get to heaven. But there will be a price to pay for not obeying the command that our Lord and our Savior has given to us. You see, it's, it's, it's not a challenge, okay, this command. It's not a suggestion, this command. It's a command that Jesus is telling his followers, go and make disciples. You see, Jesus has commanded his disciples to go and carry out the responsibility of taking the gospel to a lost and dying world. That's our command, folks. To take the gospel, share it with others, and make disciples out of them. Now, where where, where do we go? (laughs) All right, preacher, that sounds... That sounds pretty good. But where in the world do we go? What did Jesus say? All nations. Now, does that mean everybody's got to go to a foreign mission field? No, that's not what it's saying. You know, you know, this church, with all the mission work we support, local, state, uh, nation, and, and foreign, you know, we are going out into all nations because we support so much both monetarily and physically until this thinking COVID come up, you know, we went to Peru every year. We still support that church in Peru on a monthly basis with with finances. So we are going out into all the world, but stop and think about this for a moment. Where do we go? Jesus didn't tell his followers to stay in Galilee, although the command included Galilee. You know, Jesus doesn't want us to stay just right here in Lufkin and Angelina County, though that command includes right here at home. Jesus said all nations, that is all peoples of the world, every tribe, every tongue, every nation, folks, we are to go and share the gospel. He wants us to make disciples by teaching them the commands of Jesus and teaching them not only the commands, but here's the important thing, to observe those commands. You see, it's one thing to teach people what the Word of God has to say, But it's another thing to now teach them to obey, and that's where discipleship comes up. You know, that's why we have a lot of churches with a lot of people who are still involved in a lot of the things of the world because they have been taught about Jesus, and they've accepted Jesus, but they haven't been taught to obey the commands of his word. Therefore, they're not true disciples of him. Look, he wants us to make disciples by teaching them, by by teaching them to observe it. And Jesus wants those who are willing to become more like him. He doesn't just want us to know his ways, folks. He wants us to observe and follow his ways. But there's one more thing that happened here as well. Jesus also promised his presence. Now stop and think about that. He promises to be with us. Look, what did he say? I'm with you always even into the end of the age. 
Jesus promised here that he will be with them, he will accompany, accompany them, he will strengthen them, he will console them as needed, you know, and from this day, not just that day, but from that day until the end of time. And that promise, folks, along with that command and that commissioning, again, is ours as well. <clears throat> Look here. When we go in the name of Jesus, our mission with Jesus, with the authority of Jesus, his presence is with us. And the reason his presence is with us is because he has commissioned us to go. He wouldn't have just said go and didn't give us his authority. You know, that, that would have been useless. But not only has he said go make disciples, he said I'm giving you all authority that is given to me. I'm passing that authority on down to you. Folks, how comforting this is, not not just a command, but along with the commission, but it comes with a promise, behold, I am with you <clears throat> until the end of the age. How amazing that Jesus is himself promised to be with us. You know, how do we know this promise applies to you and me today and wasn't just for those disciples? He said, because this promise is, is, this promise is until the end of time. So that includes us. Today, his being with us, though, is in the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with us, therefore Jesus is with us. Folks, the Great Commission is all about making disciples. Now stick with me here for just a moment. That's what the Great Commission is. That's what he commanded us to do. You know, it, it, it's not about building bigger and better buildings. It's not about owning multiple properties. It's not about taking in more and more money. Neither is it about programs. It's about making disciples. Now, those things, you know, some of them may be good, but that's not what our commission was. That's not what our command was. Our command was simply make disciples. Now, <clears throat> we must always trust the Lord even when it doesn't make any sense. Look what it says here. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Wow. This is, I don't know, third, fourth time they've seen him and they still doubt he's real? Can you imagine? Look, it's important to note here that the Scripture says they worshipped him, but some doubted. Now, we don't know exactly who doubted. We don't know how they doubted. You know, was it just the 11, or was there some other disciples that kind of went up there also, and it was them who doubted him? You know, we don't know for sure. But it's worth noting that the Greek word here for doubt refers to more of a hesitation to a believer rather than unbelief itself. Okay? Understand that. The Greek word for doubt refers more to a hesitation. Throw that up, John. There you go. Rather uh, to believe rather than unbelief itself. So it was a hesitation to believe. You know, they hesitated. Do we really believe this or not? You know, this may have been like the situation with Thomas who needed confirmation, you know, that Jesus really did die or, and, and come back from the dead. In verse 18, it's almost as Jesus was wanting to clear up any doubt to clear up any confusion or any hesitation. He's simply saying this to them, I, Jesus, have all authority and I have a mission for you. Some of them worshiped and some of them doubted. Now look here. 
I believe that after Jesus gave this great commission, I believe that after Jesus transferred authority to them, I believe that some that doubted probably crossed over to the they that worshiped. Think about that. After Jesus gave them the commission, and after Jesus gave them the command, I believe the some that doubted, maybe not all of them, but I believe the most of the, those some that doubted crossed over to the they that worshiped him. I believe they fell down at his feet, and I believe they began to worship him as Messiah, as the resurrected Lord, as Jesus Christ. Church, maybe some of us need to move from the some to the they. Maybe some of us need to move from the some that doubt to the they that worship. We need to trust Jesus. We need to be moved by the authority of Jesus. We need to, you know, uh, uh, unleash ourselves on the mission for Jesus. We need to be faithful to him. You know, Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Now, what Jesus meant by that is, I came with the authority of the Father to make disciples now, as the Father has sent me with this authority and with this command, I'm transferring both over to you. That's you. That's me. That's all the people who have ever accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. This mission, and think about this. Look again. As the Father sent me, so I send you. You know, this mission that Jesus Christ has given us, this commission and this command, think about this. It's simply a continuation of the ministry of Jesus Christ himself who was carrying out that command of God, that commission of God during his time here on the earth. It was simply a new phase of that ministry, a new phase that made it possible, that was made possible by the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Look, these famous last words of Jesus before he returned to the Father, these words that reveal the heart of Jesus, these words that are all about the supposing, you know, uh, what we're supposed to do as his followers. If you're a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, do these words shape your life? I just want you to get serious with God just for a moment. Do these words describe you? Do these words speak to your life? Millions of people every day, I believe, in some way or another, they ask the question, why am I here? And what's my purpose in life? And probably, possibly some of you here today are just wondering that same thing. Why am I here? What is the purpose God has for me? Well, you know what? If you're not carrying out his commission and his command, you're not in his will, and you're going to be confused all your life. Maybe this morning you need to shift from the some that doubt to the they that worship and follow our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I think many churches, you know, need to ask the question, 
Am I, or are we as a church, carrying out this great commission? And I think there's churches that even ask, why are we here? And I think they come up with many different answers. You know, if you was to ask somebody at a church, you know, why do you think your church is here? Let me give you some answers that I've heard myself. You know, well, we're here to get people saved so they can go to heaven. Is that good? Yes or no? Yeah, that, that's good. We're here to get people saved so they can go to heaven. Or we're here to help people solve their problems and deal with their baggage. Now, I know nobody here this morning has got baggage, do you? No, I think everybody's got some baggage. And it would be good if the church could help people deal with their baggage. Or we're here to better, better our communities or give people a theological education or provide people with a worship experience. Or we're here to to help people be healthy and wealthy, or we're here to cultivate po uh, positive, encouraging relationships, we're here to help people feel closer to God, or we're here to protect people from Satan's snares and the world's corruption, or we're here because the church has always been here. <laughs> Boy, isn't that a good? You know what? It's just what we do, they say. But can I tell you something? These all may be good, but they're not what we was commissioned and commanded to do. We should get people saved. But look at me. Getting people saved is not making disciples. That's the first step into making a disciple. They can't become a disciple until they are saved, so yeah, we need to get them saved. But folks, I think the churches are, are, are dropping the ball right there. They get them saved, they get them baptized, it adds to the report they send in every year, makes them look good. 2,000 baptisms a year. 3,000 baptisms a year. But are they making disciples? That's the question. Look, Easter might be over, but with these post-resurrection instructions that we've looked at here today, we're called to live every day of our life as disciples, living every day of our life, looking for opportunities to share the gospel and to help make disciples for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wherever you Baptist Church, our responsibility is to make disciples. Is to make disciples. It's good getting them saved. They can't become a disciple until they're saved. But we can't stop there. We need to take that next step into making disciples. And listen, if you're here this morning and you've been saved, but you're not carrying out this command, you're not sharing your faith with others, you're not doing what you can to grow your children or your grandchildren in the word of God to help make them disciples, maybe this morning you need to make that commitment. But if you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, you can't become a disciple until you do. And maybe you're here today and you've never come to Jesus Christ and asked him to forgive you of your sins, come into your heart, be your Lord, be your Savior. Why don't you do that this morning and get started on that road to discipleship? When you do that, he'll give you the authority he has to carry out the mission he has for you. Let's pray this morning. Yeah.